Hi, um, my name is Sophia. Obviously, you already know that, but um, I am going to be talking about the book of internment today and its big themes and its questions and basically everything that has been going on in this book so far. So I first want to start talking about, you know, how much I really like love this book. Like, I mean, it took you through a dystopian society, a future that could somewhat maybe one day possibly exist. And I think they outlined that very well from the beginning to the end. And I think that, you know, it was as realistic as it could be. I do agree that some parts are, I do think that some parts were maybe unrealistic, but for the most part, the ending especially hit hard. And as someone who loves happy endings, you know, that was just heartbreaking for me, how the story ended, all of that. But um, overall, I would say that it painted a great picture of what life could possibly be like in the future for Muslims. And, you know, I want to start talking about this Trump travel ban or, yeah, this Trump Muslim ban, you know. I mean, he signed an order to, you know, ban Muslims. And, you know, thank goodness it didn't, you know, pass. But, you know, there's a world out there that already dislikes Muslims, that already hates Muslims. And, you know, no matter how much we try to portray ourselves in one way, and, you know, how matter how much no matter how much we try and show the world, you know, who we really are, it's, there's people who are always going to hate us. And, you know, 9-11 is something that we'll never be able to live down. And, you know, and although it wasn't all of us, although it was a very small group of people, although terrorism isn't, you can't generalize terrorism to a whole group of people. You can't generalize terrorism to Muslims. You, that's people still do that. And we get a sense of that in internment when we see the director and the director gets really mad and the, the director starts yelling at Layla and these Muslims and he's calling them terrorists and he's saying your group of people will always be harmful to, to this country and that's why we need these internment camps to protect the world from people like you. And that's honestly like that made me so mad. It's like, like you know, you can't generalize terrorism to a certain group of people and you can't lock up a whole group of people because of this. You can't send all of these people to internment camps just because of your supposed fear for them that stems from an event that, you know, all Muslims are not involved in. And so to generalize one event to a whole group of people, and that's where most of the Islamophobia stemmed from, it's very wrong, you know, and I don't know if we'll ever be able to get rid of that. You know, 100 years later, are people still going to be talking about 9-11? Are people still going to be saying, you're a terrorist because you guys committed 9-11? Are people still going to be doing that years from now? That's the question. So anyway, back to the book, you know, it was very, we get this start off, we get this start off where Layla, she's hanging out with her boyfriend, David, and, you know, they're trying to sneak around because, um, because there's cameras, right? There's a curfew for um, Muslims, and they have to be home by a certain time. And if they're not home by that time, then you know they're going to be punished. They're going to get caught. So you know, Layla gets Layla is hanging out with David, and she realizes curfew is you know it's passed or somewhat. So she rush, rushes home, and she manages to get home safely, um, even though you know I think some man saw her or whatnot. But she thinks she's safe. And then all of a sudden, the next day or a few days later, they get a knock on their door. And she's like, oh, no. And these guards come in. And they're like, you have to pack up. You have to go. We're leaving right now. And they're all confused. They're like, where? And her mom and her dad 
are so scared and you know they just pack up and they go they don't know where they're going they don't know what's happening and soon they realize that they're going to an internment camp and it's so like imagine like just waking up in your own house one day and there's police at your door saying get up pack pack up what you need we need to go right now you need to go you need to get out of here and imagine like you don't know when you're going to see your home again you don't know when you're going to you know come back here and that's especially what's scary for Layla and that's especially what's scary for her family as well her mom and dad who have worked so hard to make a living here who have tried so hard to provide their best their like to provide a life for Layla to make sure that she has a good life here in America and you know America's this land of opportunity and freedom and it's so hypocritical we preach America preaches these values of liberty, freedom, rights, and here you see a prime example of how these rights, this freedom is being taken away. And so we see that and she goes to the internment camp and you know, it's so scary. It's like what's going to happen? Like they're they're on their way to Mobius and they don't know what to expect and we get a glimpse of the compass man who's who you know is Jake and we see how he you know he's very like stern at first but he's very he's sympathetic and we know when Layla's out of her seat on that train he helps her and he makes sure that she doesn't get in trouble so we start to get this glimpse of Jake right in the beginning of the book and we think that oh my god you know he could be a nice guard you know we don't know yet for sure maybe he's just you know I don't know he's doing his job but he doesn't want to like punish like hurt Layla or whatnot we don't know who he is yet for sure and soon we get to this camp and we start to see what Mobius is like. And Mobius is, you know, it's your internment camp. You know, these people are segregated based on their ethnicity because the director and, you know, the guards think that they'll get along with only people of their own kind. You know, Indians are segregated or Daisies are on one side, Arabs are on one side. You know, it's all like scattered. And I think one of the good parts I shouldn't say good but you know Layla meets someone and I think you know that really helps her you know Aisha she meets Aisha and they immediately click you know they talk about Star Wars they talk about this and it's like you know this friendship and I feel like that was something Layla really needed at a time where you know she was scared she didn't know what was going on she you know it's like in in a time where you don't know what's going on you don't know if you're going to get to see the next day it's like, you know, she has her parents, but she also had Aisha. And, you know, they bond and all of that, you know. And, you know, eventually they start to meet Sohail. And, you know, you start to meet all these other people. And you start to see this little small group that forms. And I think, you know, community is so important. And especially in this book, community and the foundations of, like, groups of people together are, you know, it's so powerful you like they're able to you know accomplish so much and so we get to this point and then we we get to this point where Layla starts realizing that she needs to do something you know you can't live like this forever and you know her parents are like just go along with this just go along with this you know it's like you can't just go along with what's going on you get me like Layla's like I can't do this you can't just live like this you can't let the oppressors oppress you you have to do something and I honestly think that you know Layla takes such a risk but at the same time she is so courageous you know me personally you know if I was in that camp I don't I would not be able to speak up I wouldn't be able to say a word I would obey everything you know because it's like you just want to live at that point but Layla cares about so much more than just living. Like she wants to live, but she wants to get out of this camp. 
And that's one of like the main themes that you start to see here is like, you know, this courage, like this willingness to take a risk, this willingness to protect your people. And that's what Layla wants to do. She wants to get her parents out of here. She wants to get everyone out of here. And, you know, she eventually, you know, starts to go behind her parents back. But I mean, she believes that she's doing it for a greater cause, you know. But anyway, back to this, we, um, I'm kind of listing like, you know, the not good aspects, but like the aspects where you start to see this, like this form of resistance, this form of rebellion against what's going on in Mobius. But let's talk about Mobius itself. So we see this big religious intolerance. I mean, you can clearly tell that you know, as much as they try to preach that this is a good camp, how can an internment camp be good? That's your that's my main question here. You can't have an internment camp that is good. And they try so hard. They try to build a library. They try to assign all these tasks to try and get people's minds off of the like immorality that's going on here. And you can't avoid that because you are in an internment camp. And you can see you disobey one bit. The guards will take you away that one lady when they had that first meeting and you know she spoke up against them the guards took her away the guards tased her people um that one girl noor with the american uh flag hijab you know she was taken away and it's like it's so unfair and don't even get me started on the director like the director does not tolerate anything you can do the smallest thing you can speak up the smallest thing and the director will hit you, the director will, I don't know, and we get a glimpse, we get a huge glimpse of that, especially when we start to see this rebellion take place. Um, I'm going to fast forward a bit, but, you know, we start to see these rebellions when Sohail and, you know, they Sohail and um, Layla, they want to recreate this idea of the White Rose, where during World War II, um, we had this thing with, you know, the Nazis, um, they had this thing um, with the Nazi, like the, the White Rose was a Nazi thing where this brother and sister, they formed together to try and get kids at, you know, some college, you know, stand against the Nazis, what the Nazis preached, all of that. So in that way, you know, that kind of inspires Layla. That's like, you know, one of the root causes of her movement because she wants to recreate this. She wants to recreate this in this camp. And she's, you know, although the brother and sister, you know, they end up getting executed in the end, you know, it's a risk that Layla's willing to take. And she's very hopeful that she won't die. But let's turn back because, you know, Layla can't do all of this on her own. And I mean, we know that she has Sohail, she has Aisha, but we see this character that helps her throughout the whole book. And without him, none of this, I don't think any of this would have been possible. And you already know who I'm talking about, Jake or Corporal Reynolds. Um, I'm kind of surprised at first how much he, you know, like how much he helps her at first. And I guess you can see gradually, like it happens kind of soon when he gives her his name, but you can see gradually how their relationship starts to unfold and how it starts to progress and how he starts to get closer to her. And, um, you know, we can see that he is willing to help her and we can see that he's one of the good guys. But, you know, we can't let he can't let Corp, uh, the director know this or else, you know, he'd die. Um, so throughout the whole book, Jake is constantly by Layla's side. And, you know, all the other guards, they're fine with it. They think that, you know, Corp, uh, Jake just likes Layla. And I mean, you know, you know, that could be true. I mean, I kind of suspected towards the end, but that's for later. But yeah, so throughout the whole book, every time, I think the first time she gets caught, 
is when she was sneaking out past curfew and she was walking around and she was trying to go by the fence and she's trying to see if there's a way out and he catches her and you know I think she gets really scared but you know he doesn't do anything to her and we can start to see that he gets more open with her you know he starts to let her see David he you know, he takes her notes and he gives them to David or he gives them to the public or whatnot. And, you know, her stuff starts being put in the media. And it's because of him that she's able to get her word out there, that the outside world can see what's going on inside the camp. And that's when all these protests start to form outside. And that's, you know, where the Red Cross has to start coming, start coming to visit. And it's honestly all because of Jake. And, you know, um, Jake lets her call David for a bit and you know you know we know that David ends up giving her that burner phone and you know it doesn't last long but um Jake uh, Layla and David get so many chances to see each other and interact with each other all because of Jake um so you know I mean he is I would say the hero in this book you know she is a hero a great hero but none of this would be possible without her if the outside world did not get a like get to see as much of the camp as they did, you know, maybe the protests wouldn't have been as bad, you know? And so I think he's a hero. And, you know, so that's how we start to see how this all unfolds. We start to see this, like the start of this rebellion. And it's because of Jake. It's because of the stuff that Layla and Aisha and Sohail and all these other people plan. That lunch protest where they stop eating, they don't eat. And, you know, the Red Cross sees what, corporate the director's up to and when the director you know slaps so hill and you know injures him really bad and that one time where you know david was recording and the director caught layla and the director you know punishes layla and david's recording this live on instagram you know all of this is because of jake none of this would be possible without him you know what i mean so um now that we've kind of established this um and we've talked about you know how these rebellion start and um um yeah basically how it starts let's you know let's kind of talk about um let's talk about her parents so Layla's parents you know I think they you know they definitely play a huge role in the story and you know they may seem like you know they're background characters or whatnot but they're really not they they shape Layla, I guess, not shaped, but, you know, they've provided so many opportunities for Layla to succeed in life. Um, I'm kind of, sub- like, I don't know how much it surprises me, but in this book, the parents are actually different. The parents are more liberal in this book. Usually, when you see people portray Muslims in films and all that, they're very conservative, and they're very, you know, like, they're portrayed as these oppressors, these terrorists, these, like, oh my god, you, like, torture your children, you, like, do this, that, whatnot, but here we can see that her parents are very open, her mom and dad rarely yell at her, and I think they are such good role models of a parent in this sense, if they do, it's for something very severe, but they always try and talk to her calmly and all of that, and I really like that about her parents, and one thing I was surprised, though, was that, um, she has a Jewish boyfriend, and, you know, um, you know, it's, like, yeah, it's like something that Islam doesn't permit generally. So I was kind of just shocked to see this. But, you know, Layla and like, I don't know if people are actually annoyed at her parents when they get mad at Layla for doing this stuff. But if I was a parent, if I was Layla's parent, I would be in the same position. I would 
be so scared and you know mad that Layla's standing up because you know while it is good to stand up a parent's priority is keeping their children safe and that's exactly what um Layla's parents attempt to do so um yeah so you know we've kind of hit a lot of the main stuff here it's pretty long um (laughs) it's been like um, almost 16 minutes, or 16 minutes, so, yeah, so, I, I kind of want to talk about the relationships in this book now, you know, we've kind of addressed how horrifying this camp is, you know, how they, you know, they don't treat these people like humans, they degrade them, they're so religiously intolerant, they pull off women's hijabs, you know, and they believe it's a sign of oppression, it's not a sign of oppression, it's a choice, you know, although, you know, in Islam, it's like, it's obligatory. People make the choice to wear it. And, you know, it's a sign of our freedom, of our strength, of our power. It's not a sign of oppression. And I think people need to realize that. But we've talked about all of that. We've talked about, like, this theme of, you know, religious intolerance, immorality. Like, this, you know, it's so bad here. Like, the Islamophobia, all of that. So, we've kind of talked about Layla's power, Layla's courage, Layla's bravery, um, Jake's help, like, Jake's kind of her guide, her guider, her, like, and honestly, I've, okay, that just brought me up to an idea. I have no idea if this is a theme, or if this is a thing that Samira portrayed in her book. I don't want to say this is an example of white saviorism, where the white, where the white character comes and saves the Muslim character from, you know, whatever evil or whatever harm she's going through, because Jake, you know, Jake is a guard at this camp. Jake is supposed to be, you know, keeping these Muslims in these camps, hurting them, you know, not treating them properly, whatnot, but he chooses to not do that. He chooses to help the Muslims and be on their side, and I wonder, I'm actually going to ask this question to a few people later, but I wonder, is this an example? Do you think that Jake is a white savior in this book because personally I really would not consider it white saviorism because you know yes while he is white while he is the reason that you know Layla probably was still alive or why Layla got to do everything she did why she eventually got at the camp it's like you know she was she was being oppressed she was being confined by those guards by those very same guards she was forced into this internment camp it wasn't like she was oppressed or by her beliefs or she wasn't oppressed by her parents or whatnot that like you know some white man had to come save her from the oppressions or the quote-unquote oppressions in Islam you know what I mean it's like he's saving her from the torture that's going on in this camp this very camp that he's supposed to be helping with so I wanted to kind of direct my attention to that do you think that you know this is an example of white saviorism and you know why do you think so or why do you think not so after a while i thought about it and i realized that jake isn't really a white savior because when you think about what a white savior is in movies such as freedom riders and stuff a white savior is someone who like completely shifts the plot of a minority and i don't think that's what happened in the book like yes he did play a huge role in helping information being sought through into society 
what makes him not a white saver is that he doesn't take the credit. Like, he still helps with the majority of stuff, but it's mostly Layla and her friends who are, like, basically creating change within an oppressive system for themselves. And Jake is, like, I guess the white ally instead of the white savior. So I guess now that we've kind of talked about all of this, we've talked about, you know, the bad parts of the camp, which is, you know, all of the camp mostly. And we've talked about the characters individually. We've talked about Layla, her relationship with David, you know, Jake, Aisha. (laughs) And it brings me to this thing where, you know, Samira, she doesn't want her book to be completely devastating. And she gives us these little increments and these little segments of hope throughout her story and a sense of comfort and a little bit of sense of happiness and she does this through her relationships and the relationships she includes makes the reader feel a bit more happy gives the reader a bit more sense of comfort and not even just the readers the characters themselves and when you're stuck in a camp like this when you're going through anything bad in general sometimes all you want is that one or those few people to be at your side to be with you and that's exactly what these characters needed and these characters got this they got this through meeting each other and that in no way justifies anything that goes on with the camp obviously the camp you know itself is still so bad but I think this is what they needed to help make the camp a little bit more tolerable and so I want to start off again I think I mentioned this earlier but Layla and Aisha and they meet each other right when they come to the camp you know and it's like this instant connection you know they talk about Star Wars they talk about so much and they have so much in common and you know they both need each other they both become best friends and they both help each other they both stick up for each other and you know Layla really needed Aisha and Aisha really needed Layla and I think that connection you know really brought them both comfort and you know some little happiness and some hope you know in times like these and yeah and our second relationship here is Aisha and Sohail you know they met each other a few days into the camp I believe and you know they also clicked right away and you know they obviously liked each other and you know it was like it's not the best way to find romance you know in a camp in an internment camp but you know they find this love they find this romance and it makes Aisha happier and it makes Sohail happier maybe it takes their minds off of what's you know going on around the camp because you know they have each other they have that love for each other and you know so Samira Ahmed adds these things that, you know, it makes the book more tolerable. It makes, you know, it makes everything that's going on. It sets aside all these bad things and it gives the reader these senses. It's like splurge of like happiness, like, oh, my God, you know, they're finding love. They're finding this. But I think we can all agree that the one relationship that we felt the happiest for but we were most devastated by it was Jake and Layla. And I think, you know, you can't realize this until later on in the book. And, but you see that Jake starts to open up to Layla and you can see that he genuinely cares and loves her as he's helping her through all of this. And you see, you know, you can kind of see, you know, that he helps her with David, but you can see that there's part of him that, you know, wants to be David, basically wants to be hers. You know what I mean? And, you know, I think Layla is completely oblivious to this. And to be honest, I guess I was oblivious a bit too, you know. At first, I thought he just cared and protected for her. But later on, like towards like kind of the end, I saw that, you know, when she would crawl into his arms or when he would hold her hand, like you could see the love he had for her. And I think she was oblivious to that. 
And, you know, I did ship them, but, you know, I was also kind of hesitant because I never knew their age gap. Like, I knew Layla was, like, around my age. She was, like, 17. She's turning 18, but I never knew how old Jake was, so I didn't know how wrong it was to ship them. Like, maybe if it was, like, three, four years, then, okay, that's fine, but, like, six plus, like, maybe 10 years, like, no. But you can see their relationship develop the most throughout the book. They go from the, just this formality to, you know, I'm close with you. He tells her about his mother how she would take him to these places and you know Layla really gets to know Jake and Jake really gets to know Layla and right when they hit that peak of comfort right when they feel like Jake feels fully comfortable with Layla I know I had to talk about this eventually but you know he dies you know he tries to protect Layla and he dies doing it and that just you know I feel like David would have done the same you know for Layla but I think Jake, you know, he loves her so much. And I think at the end of the book, his last words, I think he was, I don't know if he was trying to tell her, but you could see the love he had for her. And I think that she was oblivious to this. And, you know, I, I'm so sorry, David, but I really shipped them. Like, I really, really, really shipped them. And I really wanted them to be a thing. And that's the thing I was talking about with the realism. Like, we couldn't expect this full happy ending. We couldn't expect her to survive, you know, him and her to get their happy ending, you know, all out of the camp, whatnot, you know what I mean? Something had to happen. And Samir Ahmad included Jake dying because you needed to make this, she needed to make the story as realistic as possible. And Jake surviving after all of that, after every single thing, you know, while it would have been really, really nice, it wasn't the most realistic. And even Layla, honestly, I expected her to die. But I think the like, it was kind of unrealistic how she survived through everything. But again, it was because of Jake. It was because of Jake that she survived. And, you know, it's, I'm devastated by that. I really wish they ended up together. And I'm the person who loves happy endings. So this devastated me. And yeah, even Sohail, you know, when he jumped on that fence, like, you know, he, I felt so bad for him. And I felt so bad for Aisha because him and Aisha had gotten so close. And now she lost this one person that she loved that she really really liked and it was just so sad and you know they end up leaving the camp but you know it's like life still won't be the same ever you met these people you got close to these people you met new people and you won't be able to forget all the bad things that happened to you but you won't you also won't be able to forget the connections you made the people you met the people that died in these camps you know what I mean it's just so powerful in a way they met all these people who have been so amazing to them and who have been so close to them and and they just you know they die and it's just devastating I couldn't ever imagine going through that so um I'm actually gonna bring another person on and you know I want to ask how you how she feels about Jayla did she ship them did she not because I think almost everyone shipped Jayla and I just wanted to get somebody else's opinion about Jayla in internment, Layla was unlike any character I've read about before. At just 17 years of age, she was so strong, determined, and willing to fight against any and all circumstances that were thrown at her. Most importantly, though, she wasn't afraid to speak and stand up for herself and for her people, which is something a lot of us today are reluctant to go along with doing. No matter how many potential breaking points Layla was met with throughout the entire story, she pulled through with the support of her morals and the thoughts of those that mattered to her the most. And she was very unwavering with her decisions and didn't stop until she reached the end of her goal. Her courage and bravery is something 
her courage and bravery is something I know I can never be capable of accomplishing. And her love for her people is the essence of her character. In internment, despite all of the anticipation and negative energy that was filled in Mobius, one thing that gave like the readers a bit of hope and optimism was Jayla, um, Jake and Layla, especially for me because I feel like they were like I their scenes were I loved their scenes in the book um, because despite Jake being in such a important position like in a dangerous position especially towards um muslims he he risked his own life to help layla and it was clearly because of personal feelings that he probably felt towards her which even towards the end of the book were kind of in the gray area because they weren't explicitly revealed um I really liked Jake and Layla and the way and how he always went out of his way to help Layla um, beat and fight all the oppressions that were thrown at her because he was he was just that kind of a kind-hearted soul and I just feel like they were really important to make their relationship was very important for the book to have the kind of impactful ending that it had. So I could probably keep talking about this and the book as a whole, but I think it's kind of gotten a bit too long, so I'm just going to cut it off here. So yes, thank you for listening to this podcast, um, and I will see you another time, maybe.